the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, Well, what will I do? What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I've decided what to do, so that when I am dismissed, the manager So when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, Take your bill, sit down, quickly, make it fifty. Then he said to the other, How much do I owe you? How How much do you owe? He replied, a hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, take your bill, make it 80. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, Make friends for yourself by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into their eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in very little is faithful also in much, and whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If you then have not been faithful with uh, the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you with true riches? And if you have not been faithful to what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate one and love the other, or will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, if you are feeling a bit confused about today's gospel reading, you're in good company. The disciples were as well, and so are very many biblical scholars about this particular gospel message. The gospel teaching is one of the more confusing sayings from Jesus, in large part because it seems like Jesus may be commending dishonesty and shrewd behavior in this parable about a dishonest manager. The manager has apparently given out large portions of his master's olive oil and wheat on credit. And something about this action has angered the rich man. 
The manager, in response to hearing that he is about to be out of a position and maybe out on his back, goes to the folks that he gave oil and wheat to and slashes their debt. And we don't know his reasoning beyond that he has a hope uh, that maybe this will encourage people to welcome him into their homes when he no longer has a roof and a job. But what exactly is Jesus encouraging his followers, the children of light, to do? One thing is clear. From Jesus' day to this day, the Middle East, in the Middle East where Jesus is residing, Oil and wheat are the source of unending conflict. The oil then was olive oil. Today, it's petroleum. So much blood has been shed in the regions that Jesus walked over the managing and the mismanaging of oil. How many generations have been exploited? How much damage has been done to God's good earth because of the dishonest managers of God's resources? Right now, as we speak, tensions are flaring in Saudi Arabia, just across this tiny little gulf from Jesus' homeland, over a disputed attack on oil fields. There are wars and there are rumors of wars over oil. All the while, the earth's climate is changing due to our gross misuse of fossil fuels. Humans have been dishonest managers of God's resources. Governments, terror organizations, and corporations are acting shrewdly, aren't they? Tomorrow, leaders from more than 60 nations are going to be meeting in New York for the UN Climate Summit, and bold, shrewd action must be taken by this generation, or the next will suffer. Major military conflicts have revolved around oil for my entire life. But wheat wars also raged. Did you know about wheat wars? Wars over wheat. Behind many of the global conflicts and refugee migrations is actually food insecurity. Brought on in large part because of global climate change, droughts, and war. Last week, now I'm going to get in the weeds a little bit of some current events, so, but bear with me. Last week, Houthi rebels who are in Yemen... They claimed responsibility for the attacks on these Saudi oil fields, and that captured the world's attention. It was on all of the headlines. We thought maybe we were going to be going to war over this action. But what didn't get any headlines last week was the fact that Houthi rebels also shelled a major wheat grain warehouse in Yemen. And it wasn't the first time. According to Yemeni Colonel al Dubaish, he said, This is the third time Houthi rebels have targeted our wheat facility as it gears up to resume production again after having just been rebuilt. They have repeatedly, he says, targeted the silos which contain 
thousands of tons of wheat waiting to be distributed to starving people. The World Food Program uses that mill to store grain needed to feed thousands of people in Yemen who are starving in this war-ravaged country. It's happening now. Wheat and oil. So what's at the heart of Jesus' confusing parable is the distribution of vital resources, olive oil and wheat, to folks who could not afford to pay up front for the essentials that they could not live without. The rich master considers what's been done with his goods, his amassed goods, by his manager to be dishonest. But, of course, dishonesty lies in the eyes of the beholder. We might say it's dishonest for the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company to pay himself billions of dollars a year while his workers live paycheck to paycheck. And we might say that it's dishonest for a drug company to exploit those who are sick by charging as much as they possibly could absurdly high prices for life-saving drugs just because insurance companies have to foot the bill. We might say that it's dishonest for any corporation to make such extreme profit off of the suffering of the sick. In the eyes of the suffering, a middleman who is helping the most vulnerable get a, a, a small portion of the goods required to meet life's basic needs, hoarded by the rich, maybe is to be commended. Wheat and olive oil were the basic needs of Jesus' time. The very basics. It's hard to imagine functioning without them in Jesus' time. Within Jesus' community of disciples, we know there are tax collectors, and they were known to, some, uh, to keep some of the profits, some of the taxes that they were collecting to keep them for themselves as payment for their job to make their own ends meet. So perhaps Jesus has them in mind when he talks about how they might use some of the wealth that they are managing for the empire to benefit those who fall through the cracks and who are exploited. Legend has it that in the summer of 1912, Henry Ford, the founder of Ford Motor Company, took a trip to Ireland with his wife and his son. And at the time, Henry Ford was one of the wealthiest, most respected businessmen in the world. He was the Jeff Bezos of his day. One evening while he was visiting the city of Cork, uh, where his ancestors came from, two men who were raising money for a local hospital building project came to Ford's hotel room, and they cut right to the chase. They said, Mr. Ford, we want to welcome you to Cork, the home of your father. We are building a hospital, and we thought that perhaps in memory of your dad, you'd like to donate. And Ford loved the idea so much, he immediately took out a check and wrote $5,000. Today, in today's money, that would be like about a half a million dollars. And so the men thanked Mr. Ford and they went on their way. And the next morning, Ford was at breakfast and he caught sight of a, a newspaper the table next to him, and the headline said, A generous American, Henry Ford, donates $50,000 to hospital. 
And the local officials came running back and they said, oh, Mr. Ford, we are very grateful for the $5,000 and we are terribly sorry about the newspaper. It's not our fault. It, it, it must have been a typographical error and we will be happy to see that the correction is printed in tomorrow's paper front page. And Ford said, now, wait a minute. He knew the potential public relations nightmare when he saw one. He asked the men, how much do you need to finish your hospital project? And incidentally, $50,000. So Henry Ford wrote the check for exactly that amount, and he handed it over to the men, and he said, now, one thing, have this in memory of my mother and father on one condition. Over the entrance of the hospital, I want the inscription, I was a stranger and you took me in. Shrewd were those charity fundraisers. Perhaps Jesus witnessed the shrewd corporate and political practices of his day that contributed to the suffering of the people who flocked to him. As he was liberating, he saw the way that, that people were so often trapped by unjust systems. Perhaps what he is encouraging is that the children of light, his own followers, no longer take it laying down. Jesus was the student of the prophet Amos, after all, who said, hear this, you that trample on the needy and bring ruin to the poor of the land, who practice deceit with false balances, buying the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, and selling the sweepings, the cast-offs of wheat. Hear this, the Lord has sworn, surely I will never forget their deeds. Those who take advantage of or mistreat the vulnerable, be it corporations or governments or human traffickers, or those who take advantage of children who buy the poor for silver and sell them cast-off wheat, substandard food, leftovers, well, Amos says, surely that will not be forgotten. And now Jesus has come, and he has seen firsthand how cruel and shrewd and dishonest those who accumulate so much often are with their excess. And so Jesus instructs his followers, you should be shrewd too. Be shrewd with their stuff, but for good. He tells us not to participate in the systems that keep people in debt in order to have their basic needs met. It's not just corporations and politicians either that do this, isn't it? It's not just them. It's also pimps and drug dealers and gun dealers right here in our own neighborhood who oppress this community, who profit off of others' substance use disorders and poverty and violence. You can't serve two masters, Jesus says. Don't serve those who take advantage of the poor and the suffering. Serve God. Serve God alone. Be part of the healing of this community. So here's the deal, beloved. If we are to serve God alone as children of light, then we are to follow the way of the Son. Jesus is raging in this story. He's on his way to Jerusalem. 
And he is raging about the rich who have the ability to accumulate and hoard goods and resources while depriving the basic needs of the most vulnerable in his community. The greedy systems of the world from the very beginning of time have been set up to exploit people. It happened in Moses' day in Egypt, and it happened in Amos' day in Babylon, and it happened in Jesus' day in Rome, and it's happening here today where the wealth is being hoarded by 1% of the population, and many go without their basic needs, wheat and olive oil, water and shelter, transportation, and health care. Jesus' followers are being called to defend the poor, to be as shrewd in providing for the needy as the rich are at exploiting them, and to deal with the consequences. For in the day of judgment, Jesus declared, those earthly kingdoms will fall, and who will inherit the kingdom? The poor. The poor will inherit the kingdom of God. So serve the poor today, says Jesus, so that in that day they will invite you to be part of their kingdom, the kingdom of God. Let it be clear on whose side we are on. To be faithful to those who have little is to be faithful to very much. As Amos declared the word of the Lord, surely I will never forget their deeds. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.